This is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Hello, everyone. Uh, Paul Cochran here with uh, my colleague Garrett Crawford. Good morning, Garrett. Good morning, Paul. How's your morning been so far? Uh, so far, so good. I got got one of these little colds running around, so my voice is a little bit octave lower, but I feel great. Yeah. So I think I'm going to have to uh, uh, carry most of the weight this morning if your voice is going. Weren't you saying that... Uh, Last night you were talking with a neighbor and your voice just completely left you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been running through our family. Our kids had it first, and you'd think I know from watching from them. But uh, I was outside talking to some neighbors, and I, I felt, you know, my voice was fine. And I came back in 15 minutes later, and I couldn't talk at all. And so, uh, fortunately, the past 12 hours, I'm I'm up to audible. So uh, I'll, I'll chime in where I can, and uh, looking forward to it this morning. Well, that's real. Uh, um that, that sounds good. I, you know, I do have a trivial question, though, and uh, that is, what do you, uh, Garrett Crawford, CFP, financial planner, investment advisor, what do you do when you're not working? Uh, well, we, we've got two kids. Uh, they, they're actually, this is birthday month in our household. It's my son's fifth birthday last night, and my daughter in a couple of weeks turns uh, eight. And so, you know, it's, it's changed a lot in those five to eight years. The first few years we call the baby years. We didn't do hardly anything other than work and come home and, uh, you know, try to stay sane there a little bit. Uh, but we've recently kind of entered into extracurricular mode. And so we're doing soccer and practices and that's, that's new. But I, I say all that, uh, not that everything is sports for kids, but, uh, it, it, my interests and hobbies have had to have kind of fit the time to the task for the past uh, most of the decade. Welcome um, to fatherhood. But but this year, uh, you know, our kids are getting more independent, and uh, what what has been fun? Uh, it's kind of a long story. I, I played a little bit of golf last year. had had a couple back things that I needed to take a break, and uh, really the stars aligned. And uh, I'd say for 2022, my biggest thing has been getting into running again, but adding swimming uh, as a hobby and kind of fitness, uh, overall fitness thing. And so uh, not this week, because I got a little bit of a cold, but uh, if, if I can make it uh, on a few runs in the afternoon or in the morning before work and make it to the gym and go swimming, uh, it's amazing how much of a difference uh, and kind of fun that's that, that's been over the past six to eight months. Uh, I used to think I'd never be a swimmer, but uh, you get out there and try something just for a little while and you get over that initial learning curve, uh, anything I think can be really fun. So uh, right now you might, you might see me at the Fort Sanders Health and Fitness Club swimming around. And you also play guitar, don't you? Uh, I, 
I let's use that term loosely. I fiddle around on the guitar. I, I can play well enough to entertain myself. Uh, but even it's funny, my kids. As soon as I pick up the guitar, they kind of <laughs> start going in the other room because I, I get kind of loud. But uh, I, I, I do have an acoustic guitar. I played for uh, a little bit over a decade now. But uh, if I've had a you know long day, lots of things going on, life slows down a little bit. Uh, if I if I grab my guitar at the Day. yeah well good yeah I when I'm not working I'm I'm I've got a, several things going on but uh, uh, you know one of the things that you know I enjoy is cycling and getting out there especially out in the country roads and whether it's a uh, deep in Loudoun County or Roan County or Blount County and some of these roads that have very little traffic it's just so fun to be out there particularly on these beautiful afternoons um, here in the fall and uh, and I'm of course real involved in in our church and I'm an elder there and of course that that uh, keeps me busy with lots of meetings, um, but also just the whole family thing with grandkids and everything. That's just uh, it is so much fun. Like uh, you know watching Miles play soccer last night. <laughs> that was such a you know we, that was such a fun time. Uh, so anyway, enough trivia. Let's let's get down to uh, a, a couple items that I that I think uh, you know could be of some interest to people. You know, um, this is really a, a unique season. You know, Monday and Tuesday of uh, of this past week, the market just really rebounded. And here uh, we're recording this on a, on Wednesday morning, the fifth, and uh, the market is actually. Uh, you know, down uh, here uh, today so far, but uh, you know, I went on record there there at the end of September when kind of the sky was falling, and um, and you know, along with uh, our investment team, you know, basically predicted or just feel that in terms of a forecast that there's a good chance of a run uh, in the fourth quarter. Now we might not get back to where we were. But feeling like we'd regain, um, you know, a bunch of ground, and um, and of course, uh, your question that uh, I'll spare you so you can save your voice is, well, Paul, why do you think that is? <laughs> and uh, and so the, the there are a couple things that are that are uh, coming into play here. One is that the. Um, several things are changing on the landscape. One that's interesting is, um, you know, inflation seems to be uh, reducing some uh, on a lot of different levels. Um, is it still high? Yes, uh, but it seems to be reducing. And so the Fed's actions of raising interest rates, they, they, they seem to be, you know, making a difference, particularly, you know, like, for example, with housing, you know, the interest rates now, what are they, over 7% now? Yeah, I think they, they went above 7 and I think I saw last night it was down to like 6.9%, so it dropped just a little bit yesterday, but still way, way high. So it wasn't uncommon that long ago for people to, you know, refinance at 2.75, even that type of thing. So this is, you know, that's a, that's a huge jump. Um, and so that has uh, put the brakes uh, somewhat on, on the housing market. Um, and, uh, and, and so 
another thing that you see that that's been interesting is you know at, at least a month ago we heard about how Target uh, and Amazon and some of these other uh, companies had basically over ordered you know too much kind of too early where they were really trying hard to uh, you know keep up with the demand and so it was just like order 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 get it in here and then now they got it all but the consumer uh, you know spending patterns have changed so you've got where during the pandemic you know how everybody was doing everything online shopping online etc but now there's this pivot that a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, have, have seen and read about or heard about or even doing themselves, and that is there's a lot more emphasis now on, on service industries, you know, travel, uh, going out to eat, uh, entertainment uh, that they couldn't do during the pandemic. And so um, so the one of the places that's been hit is the whole uh, uh, shipping area you know in the Wall Street Journal this morning it was I talking about that. shipping and um, you know the average cost of a sh- of a sh- shipping container there in 2021 was like 20 grand that was the average to get that thing from Asia to the United States uh, in January of this year 2022 it was fourteen thousand dollars now Still it's three thousand nine hundred dollars and so um so so what's happened well those large inventories those uh you know changing patterns of consumer habits and um and so those record profits that the shippers had um aren't you know won't be back for a while and hey, Paul, you, you mentioned it a second ago, but I saw this last week. Uh, but I saw where Amazon was reintroducing uh, another Prime Day. Uh, I think I saw October 10th and 11th, but they've already done a, a Prime Day earlier this year. But I think a lot of these companies, because they you know, built up this supply level so high, uh, they're seeing the writing on the wall a little bit for the retail sector for some of these items. Uh, I saw athletic pants and uh, things that these companies had bought long ago that are just now arriving that maybe aren't in demand anymore. Uh, uh, they're seeing the writing on the wall, and they're really wanting to sell this inventory. And so, Amazon Prime, there's there's no reason to doubt that uh, they're they're trying to clear some of that excess inventory that they have, and uh, while demand is still a, a little bit high. Yeah, and and I think that the reason I'm bringing all this up is, what does it mean when you have too much supply? and not enough demand. I think prices start dropping. (laughs) There you go. There you go. And so that's the whole point. It's like um, when, uh, you know, people can look at it, oh oh my gosh, oh my gosh, well that's what we really have been after. We've got to get inflation. That's the biggest headwind right now. And so if you can get that under control and let things, you know, kind of come back to a little bit more of a normalcy, it makes a you know it can make a big difference. Um, so shipping goods from Asia to the United States has taken the biggest hit. However, tankers are still doing pretty well, uh, getting oil from one place to another. In fact, I, I heard one guy say that that knows the shipping industry that uh, the shipping rates for uh, 
natural gas or just they've gone berserk because natural gas is in such high demand. Um, but then again, the new ships have been built and will be deployed next year and in 2024. So then you're going to have more ships with, and that unless the economies recovered more, you're going to have, um, you know, ships that don't have anything to carry, which will drop the price even more. And so, um, well, I guess I have a question. You know, if I'm the person out there and I'm hearing these new news headlines and I hear about interest rates are still high, uh, demand is too much. And so, you know, if demand is too much, that means companies might not make as much money moving forward here in the next quarter. Uh, you know why? Why you know? I have a four hundred one k. I have investments in the market. I've seen them go down this year. Why? Why would I not try to time this and maybe reduce risk, or maybe even the extreme case, go to cash until things get better? I mean, it seems like the writing is on the wall, right? So, um, I know you and I have talked about this, but how would you answer that person that thinks, well, Paul, you're telling me all the bad news, so doesn't that mean I just need to de-risk today? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because, uh, you know, for years, um, in fact, when I meet someone and they're there it's clear in my interview with them that they're kind of rate chasing in the sense that they're looking for the uh, for the advisor who's going to be able to uh, you know get them the highest return well um, that can reveal several things I mean on the one hand don't get me wrong I, I want the highest return sure um, but at what price in other words um, uh, if and again, I'm starting at a 30,000-foot level here, but let's say if one account's getting 8% and then then some other account in some other place is getting 8%, the normal uninitiated person would just say, wow, they're both the same. Well, if one of those 8% is taking 30% less risk than the other one, well, the one taking less risk is way better than the, than the other one, even though they're both earning 8%. Why? Because you're going to have less volatility, you're getting the same return, but, but uh, with less risk. So, so that, that's one issue, that, that everything really has to be analyzed through that lens of risk. That, 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 that's the first thing. But then the other thing is, there is this natural, normal, kind of uh, logical, <laughs> that if you're a thinking person, particularly the uninitiated, to look at this and just say, hey, uh, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sit on the sideline until things start improving, and then I'm gonna get in. And the problem, and on paper that makes so much sense, in fact, I, I, I've heard it through the years. You know, this one advisor, you know, he, uh, he told me to stay in, and I stayed in, and I lost money. Or somebody might say, um, our advisor told us to get out, and we got out. And, and it might end well, it might not. But generally speaking, I don't think people understand how... Uh, exceedingly difficult it is to time the market in fact it's it's to the point where no one credible almost no one credible recommends that why well because 
you, you number one, you never know when to get out. Usually we have this, our behavioral science teaches us that we have this incredible capacity to get out at the wrong time after everything's already gone down. Then you have that, okay, so when do you get back in? Well, we have this incredible capacity to do the wrong thing there too. It goes back up and then we get back in and it just doesn't work. And so, hey, but Paul, this is an analogy I've thought about through the years and may, uh, I don't even think I've ever shared it publicly, but it reminds me, I know here in the winter in the Southeast, uh, we get blamed for lots of bad drivers in the snow and ice. And I remember one year, a few years ago, it started snowing here in Knoxville and, uh, the ice was freezing over and I saw, you know, the snowflakes were coming down and they were accumulating in the parking lot. And, you know, I'm still here working right away. And it it must have been an hour later when the roads were actually dangerous and difficult to travel on. I pull out of the parking lot and the roads are so crowded. Everybody's trying to get home in the thick of the storm. And I thought, well, you know, if people had perception, you know, I, I was a part of this too, but you know, the roads were safest to get out, you know, an hour ago or maybe later on down the road. But as the snow was falling, that's when we all run to our cars and try to get home because we just kind of uh, we, we don't perceive the risk level. I feel like it's more, hey, the roads might get a lot worse because I've waited too long. And uh, if, if this winter, if we get any snow in Tennessee, Take notice of that, yeah. that. When the snow is the heaviest, that's when you'll see people get in their cars and try to go home. Uh, and so if, if a listener's out there thinking, oh, well, I'm different. Yeah. I'm different. I, I, I know how to do this. I, hey, I'm not going to lose any money. I'm going to get on get on the sidelines. Well, you know, it, there, there's nothing wrong with somebody saying, listen, I don't want any risk. In fact, if, if you're one of those people that says no risk, well, um, the the annuity salesmen love meeting you (laughs) because they'll say yeah get out of that mean old market you need to come over here and buy an annuity for me because you're going to be able to have upside gains and you're not going to lose anything etc etc and i and i say that some tongue-in-cheek because you know it's not that annuities are, are all bad you've heard my annuity spiel before but um but all you really have to be is an enthusiastic insurance agent to be able to sell an annuity. You don't have to know how to do financial planning. You don't have to have any credentials. You just have to have a, a license to, to sell insurance. And so my point is that that um, if if you're gonna if if you want to be in the market, then what that means is you you must have a strategy in that in the portfolio that is really forward looking and designed in a way to kind of be an all weather uh, way to handle what's ahead. And so that's one of the reasons I'm really proud of our investment team is, is they're really thinking through these various companies that have uh, strong balance sheets, good cash on hand. They're able to uh, not live off borrowed money um, they're also looking for opportunities where companies during this season are kind of uh, uh, temporarily deflated in terms of their value, and they're making purchases there in some things that are just totally counterintuitive. You know, one of the things I noticed when I got into this 
was just how much of it is counterintuitive. Um, the natural thing is we'll go out there and we'll look. Uh, it's like that old thing we used to talk about, about uh, a five-star mutual fund. You know, gosh, well, is it a five-star? We'll go buy it. Well, and I say this because we don't even use mutual funds here. We're using ETFs and just buying the stock itself. We don't use mutual funds. But the point is that tendency to jump on a five-star fund will mathematically and well, his, historically, we know that if a, if a fund is five-star, that might be the worst time to get into it because these things are cyclical. And once, you know, once a fund... Um, has has kind of reached a, a, a capacity, then it can, you know, it can cyclically go down, and so um, so this whole idea of market timing. If you think that an advisor, or if you meet an advisor who says yes, what we can do is we can help you know when to uh, stay out of the market and then when to get back in. I'm telling you, you need to find another advisor because it, it doesn't work. They don't have the capacity to do that effectively. I guess I would say that, uh, you know, there's that old adage, uh, it's not market timing, it's time in the market. And I guess I would just summarize uh, when it comes to investing, uh, we do want to be smart <laughs> with our investment plan, but we want to fight against that, that idea of overconfidence that mm. I know more than everybody else out mm. there. And you're, you're going to meet people uh, who have had success with a reckless strategy. That's, mm. that, there's, there's no doubt about that. Mm. But that doesn't mean uh, that a reckless strategy is best for everybody. Well and said. so... Um, you know, we want to be confident. We, we, For a lot of people listening to the show, you've seen the market go up and down uh, for a lot of years. And for a lot of our clients, I'm always amazed when a, when a bump in the road comes. It's not the, it's not their first rodeo. They've, they've seen this before. That's right. And so uh, a lot of, a lot of our clients, the reason they've, they've had success is because they just kind of uh, kept on moving with their life. They didn't uh, react too much they may have you know adjusted risk here or there but they weren't sitting there trying to market time their 401k they concentrated on what they could do best and uh you know it works out for them and so uh you know it, it's been an interesting year but i think for us this is this is a fun, fun fun and rewarding part of what we do yeah well, thanks, Garrett. If you you know would like us to take a look, give you a second opinion, feel free to let us know, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show 
are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary, and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.